You're listening to Inside Acting. To find out more and make a donation, visit InsideActingPodcast.com. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of Inside Acting, what is going to be part two of our interview with Neil McDonough. My name is Albert Meyer. And my name is Trevor Elgott. And on this podcast, we interview actors, (laughs) directors, (laughs) casting directors, managers, agents, and anyone involved with the entertainment industry or arts in general and bring those interviews to you. Yes, indeed. And uh, as as always, Albert and I uh, don't pretend to be experts. Uh, We don't pretend to know everything. We want to keep this as open a discussion as possible. So there are about uh, a bazillion and one uh, ways to get in touch with us. It's a real number. It is a real number. Uh, 50 billion, 50... I butchered that. I was trying to say the number from uh, our consultant episode, 12 billion. Oh, 12 billion. <laughs> That's right. There are about, billion. A, there are about 12 billion plays, uh, pl- uh, ways to get in touch with us. Uh, but just hit up our website, insideactingpodcast.com. All the information is there, and we'd love to hear from you. Yes, and uh, we have some thank yous. Uh, that yes. we want some shout outs that we want to give you. Uh, you have one in Yeah, right in off particular. the bat, we got a great donation from a, uh, a gentleman named. Um, we again with the names. The people that listen to this podcast have these unusual names. I hope I'm not butchering this. Isom Phillips, Isom or Isom mm-hmm. Phillips. I S O M. I S O M. I'm not quite sure how to say your name, but thank you so much for the donation. That was uh, really awesome. Um, we we really appreciate it. Every penny counts. So thank you for supporting us. Yeah, and uh, a couple people have uh, discovered us on on Twitter or iTunes or whatever, and mm-hmm. have, have uh, started sending us at replies on Twitter. So I just want to thank Daniel Pierce, who is what is depth persuasion? Is Dep- that his depth persuasion? On, I think is on his Twitter. Twitter handle. Yeah, and then uh, of course I think we've thanked her before, but I just want to send a, a shout out to Cassie J again, who is at LA yeah. actress. Mm-hmm. Um, super cool, and. Wh- one more uh who is it uh jason romrell yes which has i think the most interesting twitter handle i've ever seen it's what is it? at up your biz up your biz yes yeah, which i think he intends for it to be like you know like level up your level biz? up your biz like your work yeah world of my first impression is like <laughs> up yours up asshole, your you know? biz <laughs> right up your biz yeah. so that's anyway, really cool it's a really cool it's a really cool twitter handle well um we've got a couple i think we've got a voicemail uh for this episode but before we jump into that uh what's been keeping you busy albert the gym the gym uh yeah well been we, back in the gym yeah. you mentioned you mentioned before we started recording that we should talk about uh the goals and like checking yeah. back in with what we yeah what we, we set out for back ourselves in, back in uh gosh it was like episode nine maybe uh right before the holiday season mm-hmm. um albert and i talked about uh goals that we had wanted to accomplish and and a couple of different ways to kind of frame those goals and maybe go about achieving them and it's been three months now and we haven't really checked in uh with ourselves but also with our listeners there were a few listeners that shared their goals with us so we thought we'd just dedicate a little bit of time here to talking about how far we've come and and what we've done with them so yeah. and there and there are face there are discussion boards on our facebook fan page that you can go mm-hmm. and add your goals and also check in so if you've added your goals like i know stephanie Oberhansley did yeah if you've added your goals or 
if you want to add them now, please do so. And then if you already have, go on there and just tell us how it's going. Just tell us how yeah. you're doing and, and, you know. Yeah. It's cool because it, it creates some accountability in this sort of podcast community that we yeah. started to create. And I really like that. And the year is 25% over already. Are you Shut 25% up. closer to your goals? Shut yeah, up. It's amazing. Uh, so dude, you had a goal. Don't talk like that. You had a goal of, of, of hitting the gym quite frequently. How's that going? Well, I, I my goal was because you, you know, you said sp- be specific. So I said six pack. Right. Right. By the end of the year. So I've started, finally started going back again. Cause what happened was I was hitting it pretty hard at the end of last year. And then I oh. went on a vacation and then got sick just boom, boom, back to back. And then it, I lost all of my motiv- motivation on top of that. So I hadn't been in like a month and I was like, Oh God, I got to go back. I got to go back. And so I started going back again and it's been really great. I've been going at least four times a week. And you, you even took the next step and you hired a trainer. I did. I did. Yeah. Uh, I, I have you, you, you know, cause you, cause you, you've been working out and stuff cause you were, you know, competitive swimmer and that kind of thing. And then I have my roommate who, uh, you know, has also been working out for a really long time. Uh, but I can't always, you know, schedules don't always line up and stuff. Right. And, you know, I right. can't always, you know, get to the gym at the same time. So I, in order to create a program for myself where I would know what I was doing, I was doing it safely. So I don't, you know, injure myself or create weird, you know, shaped muscles and that kind of thing. <laughs> um, I decided to pull the trigger and got myself a, a personal trainer. So right now I'm working with him twice a week and eventually I'll wean that back to once a week so mm-hmm. that I'm just, you know, basically learning right now. And then later on, uh, I'll just have him like just totally kick my ass on that one day. And then the other days will be me kind of going in and doing my own yeah. my own thing. Very so cool. <clears throat> yeah, it's, uh, it's really intimidating, but I'm very excited. Yeah, no, I love that it. you I love that you did that not only because it shows like a dedication to really kind of taking things to the next level and kind of almost like educating yourself, but, but it's also, I mean, that takes time and money and real yeah. kind of accountability to hire somebody like that. There's a tattoo that I've wanted to get for a long time that I'm, I'm probably not going to get because I talk about piercings and tattoos, but I never, I never followed through with it. I never, <laughs> never pulled the trigger. But um, the uh, Japanese symbol for Kaizen, uh, which means I think something along the lines of never-ending improvement or commitment to eternal learning or something oh, like that. That's awesome. And I love that idea, just the, the, the concept that you're never a finished product. You're right. always improving yourself. And right. if you look at all the... The big names. We talked about this before we started recording. Arnold Schwarzenegger and Will Smith are two great examples of people that have just seen themselves as somebody that that has never quite reached the pinnacle. Yeah. That they believe they can do anything they want to do and they just keep going for it and keep going for it and keep going for it. And whatever yeah. it takes, they'll hire a trainer, they'll hire this, they'll hire that, they'll read this book, they'll go after that, you know? Mm-hmm. They believe they can do it. Yeah. I, I, I got to say, I... I know because from even from personal experience, I know, I understand that that is not something that, you know, hiring a personal trainer is not something that everybody can do because of the sure. cost, because it can be cost prohibitive to some people. But I, I just look at it as such an investment, you know, and I'll be honest, I put it on a credit card, you mm-hmm. know, and it, for me, it's an investment because I truly believe that if I can really get that going, it will increase my um, marketability and, sure. and I'll, I'll get more jobs, yeah. you know, because of it. Not, I, not I truly, to mention, I truly believe that. And, and in less tangible ways. I mean, you're, I mean, you may not see it on a, on a 
conscious level, but your, your healthcare costs will go down. You know, you'll, you'll find that you'll be eating healthier. You'll probably be eating, uh, and so you won't get sick as often. You know I mean? Th- there's all sorts yeah. of like little tiny things that'll add up over the years. Yeah. Well, when we talk about, you know, like you just said, c- constantly improving oneself, that's just as a human, yeah. <laughs> you know, never mind, you know, <laughs> yeah. your strength or as an actor, like, you know, you should always be constantly improving yourself as a human being, Yeah. you know, yeah. let alone as an artist, you know, yeah. cause if you're a better human, you'll be a better artist. Yeah, totally. Whoa. <laughs> Knowledge bomb. <laughs> I should drop a sound effect in there. I'm totally going to drop a sound effect <laughs> oh my God. in there. <laughs> that <part>. That's amazing. <laughs> um, cool, man. Um, well, that's great. And I, I kind of wanted to piggyback off this comment um, because you've, we, we talked about this at length last night, um, you going back to the gym and then also this, this kind of trippy experience you've had with your manager getting different uh, agents and casting oh, directors gonna make to come ta- to your show. You're going to make me talk about that on the podcast? There's so much good information here. If, if you'd share it, I think it'd be awesome. Yeah. I Okay. So I talked about two, a couple episodes back about how casting directors have been coming to see the show, which is fantastic. I don't know how they're hearing about this little, you know... 35 seat theater in Venice, but they're coming to see the show. And then I just, because I'm uh, sort of detail oriented, I'll send uh, my manager an email that says, Hey, so-and-so came to see the show last night, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, she's doing her job as a manager in getting agents to come out and see theatrical agents. Cause I already have a commercial agent getting theatrical agents to come out and see the show as well so that I can get a sign with a, th- a theatrical agent. And it's been the weirdest thing ever because the feedback she keeps getting from them is, um, is really interesting. Well, first of all, it's really slow right now. It's middle of pilot season. They're not really signing anybody new, but they're all interested, which I, which just made me feel great. It's a great sign. Yeah. They're all interested. They all are like the acting for them is there. So let's just kind of table that. We'll put that aside. The acting for them is there. The first one that came to see it, asked my manager if I was going bald. The second guy who came to see it asked my manager if there were muscles underneath my shirt. I bear muscles. <laughs> Do you have Where come, are the muscles? Come on. <laughs> I, I, it was the cra- I want like, to see him work out. She, so she called me and she was like, oh, he was great. He was really impressed, blah, blah, blah. But are you losing your hair? Ouch. And I was like, um... This is great because you talked about this. You were like, it's a good thing I have a thick skin. I was like, yeah, well, that's because it's not a personal dig. Exactly. So Trevor and I were talking about this and as weird as this is, if you want to be an actor and you want to be an actor that does film and television, you are going to be seen as a product, period. End of story. So they are seeing me as a product. And there are certain things, you know, that product can be compromised in certain ways. And and one of the major ways, if not the pinnacle, is physical appearance, unfortunately. But that's just, that's the business. That's like what we've kind of signed up for here. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I, I was like, okay, that's interesting. And then when the other guy came, you know, she said, you know, go to the gym, <laughs> go to the gym, right, right. go to the gym. And I was like... I was like, look, you know, if it was up to me, I would go twice a day. Like, and she's like, no, 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 you don't have to go twice a day. She's like, go three times a week, four times a week and, you know, just figure it out and, 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 and go. And, and that's sort of, that was also part of the motivation of like really taking it seriously and getting the personal trainer. But it's just so interesting how, Ooh, surface or superficial. And I, when I say superficial, I, I don't mean the, um, 
I don't mean to include all the negative connotation with that. It's, it, you know, when you talk about superficial, you're talking about literally what's on the surface, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm using it in its sort of literal definition, um, how superficial the, 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 the industry is and yeah. the business is, yeah. you know, and there's, it's almost like there's no escaping that. It's like we sit here and talk about it and like wish it wasn't so, but is that as, um, Brian Vermeer would say, activating our inner lazy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if I had a penny for every time I, I've someone, an actor has said something to me, um, you know, with all good intentions and I've just instantly heard Brian's voice in my head go like inner lazy, inner lazy, you know, (laughs) like every, it's so true. Every actor wants to have an excuse to be like, Oh cool. So I don't have to do that. Right. You know, but, um, it's, that's one of the reasons I think actors are so quote unquote into themselves because on a level you have to be, you know, because the, you, you are the product you're selling. I've been thinking about this lately and I've been thinking, why is it that real estate salespeople can put their picture on a bench and, and have a little slogan or a quote saying how great they are Mm -hmm. and musicians can put their picture on the front of their CD you know, and call their album something like, like confessions, you know, and, and have that be totally acceptable and totally great. And that's what sells. And if an actor does that, it's like that arrogant jerk, you know, like what, <laughs> like, it's so funny. And I, I, I've been really been trying to think about it. And I think it's because those people have a product to sell that's kind of outside of themselves. Whereas actors are constantly looking for work. You know, you're looking to put yourself into something rather than develop something on your own and then package it and sell right. that with your face on it. Right. So I think like that's what it is. You know, few, very few actors are, are in, engaged in creating their own work. And if you or I did have a film that we had written and been in and helped produce that we were packaging, then it would be more acceptable to 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 be into ourselves. You know, right? But as we are, just kind of looking for work. Who's going to cast me? Who can give me a job? It's almost frowned upon, but that's the way it's got to be because right. you've got to you've got to always be operating at one hundred and ten percent. Well, you are the product. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's there, there's nothing outside of that. You know, yeah. you are the product, and you can improve the product in many different ways. One of them is physical appearance. One of them is your acting technique, mm-hmm. taking acting classes. You know, um, reading mm-hmm. a lot. As Will, and as, Will, as Will as Smith, once about, again, running and yeah. reading. Right? And we talked about uh, in episode 14, all those books we listed. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those well, were acting you books. Should, you know what? This, I'm glad you said that because this reminds me. You should talk about right now, and then that way we can put it on the website. You should talk about some of the books that you've read for um, working out or for you know for uh, nutrition oh, and sure, physical sure. appearance and that kind of stuff. Some of those ones that you said you were going to let me... Yeah, and, that and this is something I'd like to touch on in the next episode or two. I, we, you know, it's springtime. A lot of people are kind of thinking about. It's getting warm, so people are thinking about getting back in shape. You know, right. taking their shirts off at the beach, so on and so forth. It just kind of activates this inner athlete in people. So I think that we should dedicate the next uh, few episodes, at least parts of them, to this kind of topic. And and I want to see if we can get a personal trainer or fitness person of some kind on the podcast as well. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I was vegetarian thanks in large part to you, Albert, um, mm-hmm. for, for two years and I was vegan for about six months. Mm-hmm. And, um, I read a, I, I had read a ton of books on the topic. Um, and since I'm a swimmer and, um, like to stay in shape, it was a challenge for me to have that kind of diet and still right. stay competitive. And so I, I read a ton of books. Um, some of the books that I kind of started with were The Abs Diet, uh, The Testosterone Advantage Plan, I think is what it's called. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll post it on the website, but that was an interesting one. 
<laughs> um, I read a book called Thrive, which is all about vegan-based oh, yeah, diets yeah, yeah, yeah. and athletes. Um, of course, I read all the, the vegetarian books, uh, uh, Diet for New America, The Food Revolution, uh, Skinny Bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of branched off into some other books that I'd love to talk about um, because I do think it's also important for actors to have a well-rounded life. You know, if you just read books on acting, you're going to be kind of a boring actor. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like you got to be doing other stuff with your life, yeah. you know. Um, so those are some books that, that kind of, that I read, but it was the omnivore's dilemma that eventually made me kind of come around to the other side of the vegetarian argument and be like, okay, you know what? I'm very conscious of the way my diet affects my body as an athlete and also the way it affects the environment and, and the world we live in. I am conscious of that now. So I'm just, I'm going to choose to eat, you know, animal products two, three times a week and the rest of the time. I, I had to stay vegetarian and it's not hard at all. And it's, it's been great. Awesome. On that level. Yeah. That's great. Well, yeah. Check out the website for, uh, links to some of those books, uh, through yeah. the Amazon and, um, you know, check them out. Yeah. All great books. And uh, I mean, I could talk forever about books cause I've read so many that I want to mm. be like, you have to read this book. It's the most important book you'll ever read. And I have about 25. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, they can't all be most important. Yeah, Trevor. They are. They are, are all the most important book. Um, Cool. Okay, so I'm not letting you off the hook. You haven't talked. Yeah, about no, your, no. You of course, you haven't talked course. about your goals. We're 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 tight on time, so I'll I'll uh, do it quickly. Um, I had a couple different goals. Um, I my goals were uh, to book a co-star role on two or more major network primetime TV shows by December 31st. Um, not a lot closer to that than I was, but there are little baby steps I've been taking. You know, I, I just recut my reel. I recut, um, some new footage into my reel, the consultant footage, for instance, mm-hmm. and I'm going to post those on LA casting and, uh, actors access and all that, uh, very soon. Um, I've been meeting with my power group and I've got, I've got my target shows down. And I know who casts them and I've got the casting director workshops picked out and I've got a side job lined up to support all this stuff money wise that I'm just kind of waiting on a few things to launch. Hopefully in the next week or two, it'll be up and running and I'll Sweet. be able to, generate some income on my own time, um, on my own schedule rather right. to, to support all this money, uh, <laughs> sucking <laughs> activity. <laughs> um, so I'm working on that. Um, I'm still working on this, the script, um, for the, the project that I want to, uh, oh, write. Yeah. And you got to have a rough draft right by the end of this month or something. Yeah. I yeah. Think, I, I haven't, I, what I've been doing is I've been waiting around for an idea to hit me and it, I, I'm starting to realize it doesn't work that way. You just have to write. You have to sit down and write and then trust that the ideas will come. Yeah. And you're probably going to throw out 85% of what you do. Yeah. But every actor, I firmly believe every actor should be a writer. And, um, and just gotta, it's just, it, I, th- I heard somebody say it once. They said the most important ingredient to a good writer is what they call butt glue. And that's just gluing your butt to the chair every night for an hour or two and just butt writing glue. And wow. Just writing. Uh, I have the workout goal. I wanted to do 150 workouts, and I'm proud to say that I'm very much on track for that. Nice. Uh, in fact, I, I hope to exceed it because, um, as we talked about last night, I've got some some uh, some goals with swimming and whatnot, and, mm-hmm. and hiring a, a stretcher um, to help out with that and things like that. So there's that, and I think I had another goal. I don't quite remember what it is, but those were the big three. Um, and what a, a, a quick little kind of thing that I learned that I wanted to kind of share in the podcast that's been really great is um, I was listening to the, the audiobook Goals by Brian Tracy, mm-hmm. and in it he says that one trick that he uses to kind of put his goals on autopilot, so to speak, was he sits down every morning after he wakes up and every night before he goes to bed with a piece of paper and a notebook uh, and a pen, and he writes down all his goals in the present tense um, 
like one through ten, you know, or, or however many he has. Uh-huh. His ten is a good round number. And then he goes to bed, wakes up in the morning, does it all again. So twice every day you write down your goals. And the trick is they have to be present tense and they can never, you can never refer to the previous goal writing session. So it has to be whatever comes off the top of your head right there. The idea being that if it's in the present tense, it will activate your subconscious and actually your brain will start to see these as complete on a subconscious level. And so you'll kind of automatically start to accomplish them. And actually, in my experience doing this for the few past few months, it, it has kind of worked that way. It's kind of weird. Interesting. Uh, and the second idea being that um, if you don't refer to the previous goal writing session, then um, the ones that are most important will the ones that will kind of rise to the top and other ones may fall off and then mm-hmm. come back after a few months when the timing's right. Mm-hmm. But it's been really interesting for me. So for instance, my, my top goal is I literally write, I book two or more co-star roles on major network primetime TV shows. And then I put in parentheses house NCIS, criminal minds, etc. Those shows we talked about right, that have a right, high turnover right. rate. Uh, and then I, then I write by December 31st, 2010. And then the rest of my goals present tense, just like that. And wow. I, I started adding on little kind of like affirmations. Uh-huh. I know David Lawrence is cringing at this cause he's not a fan of affirmations, but I write, I would write stuff like I live with 100% integrity. You know, I, I rise early every morning at 6.30 a.m. with energy and purpose. And it sounds cheesy to, to say it on the podcast and say it out loud. But the crazy thing is, since writing that stuff, those things have started to happen automatically without any kind of conscious thought from me. It takes me five minutes every morning, every night to write this stuff down. And all of a sudden, I'm waking up earlier and I'm like energized to get out of bed. I've never had that before. That's amazing. So, I mean, I figure I'm just going to keep going with this and, and see what happens. You know, um, and it's, it's worked great for me so far. So, you know, who, the worst case scenario, you lose 10 minutes out of every day, <laughs> yeah. you know, reminding yourself of what you want to work on. That's, and that's it. So, um, you know, thus concludes our goal conversation. <laughs> I just talked for like 10 minutes straight. <laughs> no, that was awesome. <laughs> but, that was uh, really but great. yeah. Uh, cool. So all that said, we've got a voicemail to talk about. Yes, we? we do. We do. Do we have time for this? We do. We have a few okay. minutes left before we should roll into part two. Awesome. Of the interview. So we have a, w- uh, one voicemail, uh, that was sent to us by, I think his name is Marcel. Um, I have a question about cold reading. When you go in there for a, a, um, audition and you do your monologue and then they hand you a script and says, here, read page five. And you know, how do you you know, all the things that you've learned in acting, getting into character, preparating, and all those things. How can you do it in a minute's notice? Um, what's, what uh, exercises or what techniques do you try to get into the character um, um, so that you can give a good performance? So that's my question. Thank you. Bye. It's a great question. Thanks for calling, Marcel. Fantastic question. Yeah, we, um, we haven't really gotten a question this specific about auditioning. You know, like he wants to know about yeah. cold readings specifically. So thanks for the question. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 it's a great question, but it's also a tough one because there are different techniques for this kind of thing. Yeah. Um, one, you've, but you've, you've gone to class for this, haven't you? You've, you've done cold reading classes before. Uh, yeah, not, not, I really want to sign up for Jim Gleason's class. Um, I audited it a little while ago and it was great for exactly this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't, I haven't done it yet, but, um, you know, like, uh, I guess on my end, all I can do is kind of speak from experience. Do you have any, any quick answers for this one? Um, not quick. I mean, <laughs> sure, sure, quick it's, in it, quotes. Yeah. Um, I, you know, there, well, first of all, uh, I, 
I want to sort of reaffirm something that I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, but if we haven't, you have the right as an actor to take your time at an audition. And a lot of people Mm. don't do Mm. that because they're so interested in pleasing the people that are there, like the casting directors and the directors and producer, whoever's there, you know, I, I saw this happen the other day. I, 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 I believe it. And so when I see it happen, it just makes me really happy. But I was at an audition for my, it was my audition for CSI Miami. And this girl walked in and she was early and the monitor, whatever the, the, the casting assistant was like, Oh, are you ready to go in? And she said, no, I'd, I'd like a few minutes. Hmm. And the casting assistant was like, okay. Like, it wasn't a big deal. She was yeah. like, no, I just got here. Just, you know, I'm just going to sign in and kind of take a few minutes to kind of breathe. And and I was yeah. like, I just had the biggest smile on my face. And if it wasn't for the fact that the casting director was or casting assistant was right there, I was going to say, you know what? I love that you just did that. Yeah. That you're like my hero right now. <laughs> you have You have you know, the right to take your time as an actor in these auditions. So, yes, they are just giving you, they're handing you this page, but... In my experience, at least nine times out of ten, you they say you know go out in the room in the waiting room or whatever and take a couple minutes reading it over and we'll bring you back in in a couple minutes. Yeah. So it's usually not like oh great monologue here's your cold read go. You, right. Usually you don't have to do that. Um, I can't remember the last time that that happened in an aud- audition where somebody like handed me the script and said, here, read page five, like Marcel said, and you had to right. do it right there on the spot. Yeah. Usually they give you a few minutes. Now, what happens in those few minutes? Mm-hmm. I mean, do you want to talk about that a that, little that, bit? That's a tough one because mm-hmm. I took a great class a little while ago with a coach uh, who taught uh, something called the Yale Technique, which was which was very academic. It was very much like actually scanning the sentence much like you would a Shakespeare, mm-hmm. um, you know, or a classical work and actually finding like the key words and finding the, almost the scansion. Mm-hmm. And, and strangely enough, this technique worked even with bad writing. You know, it, it, you were able oh, to totally. find out exactly what was being said in the subtext by picking out these certain words and certain, there was a whole like symbology behind it. So you had to learn different symbols to like underline and put shapes around words and things like that to, mm-hmm. to find out what it was said. But that was a great technique. Make sure that, you're allowed to write on the sides if you're going to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But um, I mean, for me now, I, I, I mean, I, with that kind of under my belt, I use elements of that, but not, not the whole thing. What mm-hmm. I do is I just, I just try to get as comfortable with it as possible. Um, and then just try it so I can, so I can work off the page and work with a reader. So mm-hmm. I think eye contact is absolutely key. If you've got your face buried in the page, you're, you're going to kill yourself. Mm-hmm. But, um, that's what I try to do and just, you know, go with my first impression of the character and the, and the scene and just, just kind of go from there. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that sounds really loose and I'm certainly not the best actor in the world, but, um, that's kind of my approach right now. Right. I would say I, I read over it. Um, a couple of times just to kind of get a sense of the scene. I read all stage or yes. you know, stage directions or anything that's sort of in between. So you know exactly what's going on and, and sorry to interrupt you, but really pay attention to what the other characters saying. Exactly. So many actors just say their own lines. It's like, you're not interrupting me. you just took it right out of my mouth. Yeah. That was the next thing I was going to say is really paying attention to the other lines because not only are you going to get clues to your character and and what you know is what you're being given but also you're going to know what you're reacting to because mm-hmm. so much of acting is listening and if you can really like i've I, i've had i've had directors and casting directors tell me that i got the role because of what i 
didn't say or what I was mm. doing when the mm. other person was talking. Yeah. You were really listening or you reacted in this way, blah, 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 be- while the other person was talking and no one else who came in and did this did that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, really paying attention to what the other person is saying, the stage directions, and then your lines are kind of secondary because the thing is, is you can look down when you go back in the room or when you're, when you're in the room, you can look down at that line, read it. They know they just gave it to you. You can look down at it, read it, and then look up and deliver it. Mm-hmm. And do that every single time. That's so a technique that, that I've yeah. learned time and time again. Take so that your time re- with that. Yeah, so that you're really present with the other person. You deliver your line. You wait. You listen to their next line. And when they're done, then you look back down at the page, read your next line, then look up and deliver it. Yeah. They know they just gave you that page. So you're not expected to have it memorized or anything like that. And that just gives you the ability to really put it put it into your mind and then deliver it as, you know the character or what have you. Yeah. Now you don't have a chance, like Marcel was saying, you don't have a chance to do a lot of character work. So what I find useful is just making really strong, smart choices. And the only way to, to do that is really just practice, 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 practice. Mm-hmm. If you can take a cold reading class, if you can get, to the, get together with friends and there's scripts online all over the internet yeah. of television shows and movies and stuff like that. Just, you know, have you ever seen, you know, such and such a movie? No. Okay, here, go. You know, just get together with some friends and and and, and do it because practice, 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 practice is how you get better at, at yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Two two things I, I just want to emphasize in what you just said. Number one, looking down, getting the line, looking up, and then delivering it mm-hmm. will feel like an eternity to the actor doing it. Mm-hmm. But if you're watching it, it doesn't take. It's not an eternity, and it actually nope. looks damn professional. Yep. Yeah. So that is a huge key, and and listening, I think, is absolutely. The, I, I'm I'm starting to think the more that I do this. The more that I think it's like the 80-20 rule, 80% of the time you should be listening mm, as mm-hmm. an actor. And and I, I took it to an extreme when we did Survived uh, almost a year ago now. I When we did it, when I had a scene with John Redding, our friend John Redding, who's mm-hmm. an excellent actor, mm-hmm. very strong, very present. And I found myself so enthralled by his work that on stage I would I was listening to him so intently that I forgot my lines. Mm-hmm. And then he, his line would finish and I'd just be staring at him because in my head as the character, I'm going, holy shit, what's this guy going to say next? Mm-hmm. Like, what, what's, I don't understand this guy. Like what's happening. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, Oh, Trev, you have a line. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> jumping back into it. Yeah. But I take that as a good sign. Yeah. You know, well, in the it, it means I was present. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> probably to my detriment, I was too present, but you know, like that's, that's the kind of thing that I think makes for a good scene. I don't mm-hmm. think anybody would have been able to look at me and said, Oh, that actor is listening to, or that character or that actor is listening to that other actor. You know, it probably looked like, I hope it looked like a scene, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they were witnessing yeah. a slice of life. Yeah. That was a great scene too. <laughs> uh, so much fun. A great show. All right. So we have a uh, part two of, uh, our interview with Neil McDonough coming up, uh, and enjoy that. So I, I wanted to ask about your uh, voiceover stuff because I know you do a lot of voiceover for video games and uh, you do uh, animated things as well, yeah. right? So um, that's something that I've always been interested in. Uh, I'm, I, I've admitted on this podcast before that I'm a big gamer and um, I also, <clears throat> pardon me, I also like watching a lot of uh, animated 
shows and stuff. And uh, how did you uh, how did you get into that initially? Well, it was funny. It was actually during uh, in the beginning of my career when I was doing Angels in the Outfield. Actually, um, uh, my agent at the time called this guy who was doing uh, Iron Man. He said, hey, I got this this kid who's got a great voice. Why don't you listen to him? So he said, okay, put him on the phone. So he called me up, and, and I just started talking to him. He goes, great, I want you in the booth tomorrow at 9 o'clock. Go, okay. So, so I get there the next day. I, play, I played Firebrand, I think it was. Uh, and then I just did you know, a bunch of episodes of that. And then he says, okay, we're doing a new series, and I want you to be the lead voice. And I'm like, oh, great. So then I, I did that. And then you know, during, during the lean years of doing all those independent films – of really working my craft with these really not so great movies, yeah, you know, I was you know making money by doing the voiceover stuff, which is you know you know it's funny. My dad, you know, you know during those years, how the voiceover was going. I'm like, great, dad, great. I'm, I'm making money. I'm getting by. I'm paying the bills. Great. So uh, cut to today. You know, 18 years later, 17 years later. But, you know, between films, my dad, it's it's just classic. He's like. Are you still getting some good voiceover work? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it is, but it's just, it's just all, it's a work mentality from my dad. That, right. You know, the first generation Irish that I am. I think that, uh, that, that's why I like to work so hard. That's great. And yeah. I, I want to quickly kind of jump back to the last part of the interview, um, because you did a lot of theater work and in LA, the theater world so often seems so separate from the film and television world. Yeah. Um, do you still do theater, or, or what, what is your take on I haven't, in, in a long time, when I first came out here, I did a play called Away Alone. It was, it was, it was I think, my first audition for anything in L.A., and it was in 1990. Again, it was for, it was for a small part in this, in this Irish play, and uh, I said, you know, I, I just want to audition for the lead guy. And they're like, well, I think we, we have it. It's a tour that came from New York, but you know, we kind of have it cast. We're not 100% sure. I'm like, well, you know, I'd like to try it. My parents both of my own. I have you know, a really great Irish accent and spending so much time there. And I'm like, okay, give it a try. And I you know, kicked its butt. And they're like, wow. And then the next day I said, okay, well, you're the lead in the play. Um, wow. Again, that, that's where confidence comes in. <laughs> you know? Yeah, wow. Uh, so, and then I won you know, the Drama Log Award for that for Best Actor. And, and uh, Where was that produced? Uh, at the... Uh, at the Court Theater. I'm not sure if it's there anymore. The Court Theater used to be on uh, La Cienega uh, between Melrose and uh, Waring, that area. It's a great, 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 great theater. Uh, we did that for uh, a bunch of months. And, and from there, then I started getting, you know, other TV stuff. You know, uh, I played Lou Gehrig in, in the Babe Ruth story, you know, and that was my first TV movie. Um Baseball was good to me when I first started. Yeah, out. yeah <laughs> you know, obviously. There's a baseball role, baseball commercial. You know, it, uh, I remember I was uh, the first, right around the same time, I, I auditioned for, uh, and I auditioned for commercials literally like 50, 60 times, and I wouldn't get anything. And finally, it was a baseball commercial. I'm like, oh, I'm, get, I'm getting this one. No yeah, doubt. Totally, I'm getting this totally. one. And I went in there and I got it. It was, it was uh, Bud Ice. And uh, and I got it. And I was so psyched. And, but, I, you know, I had no money at the time. And, yeah, a couple of my but my buddy said, "Hey, why don't we go to Las Vegas and celebrate your, you know, your commercial?" I'm like, "Dude, I don't have any money. You know, how am I going to go to Vegas?" And I remember getting to Vegas, and I went in the sports book. I'm like, "Oh wow, this is amazing. I've never been there before." And all of a sudden, on like 50 televisions, up comes my Bud Ice commercial. I'm like, "All right, no I got some money to gamble with. <laughs> Put two dollars down for me." <laughs> you know, and it was it was uh, yeah, it's classic. So baseball was great for me when I when I first came out here. 
I love that because, you know, we've talked about, you know, having um, skills outside of acting on this podcast so many times. And, uh, for instance, like Trevor, um, you know, uh, was a, a, or is a swimmer and, you know, competed um, at the co- college level and, and still swims today. And so, like, his agents will send him out on every oh, yeah. swimming thing that there is. You, you know, should have so. been in The Guardian. <laughs> you, you know? I, I should have been. There, I've been out on, like, probably a dozen swimming commercials in the past couple of years. And it's amazing the competition. Oh yeah, absolutely. There, there are a ton of guys that I recognize from the Olympics. Where I'm like, oh, you're here. No, okay. <laughs> I'll just go home. Time to go. go. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's when you can't. That's when like yeah. you know when you go up. You know, one of the most nerve wracking things you know when you first start out is you know episodic auditions. You know, and and you're going in for the you know the, the small parts. And in the room is, you know, 30 other guys that you think look better than you, probably act better than you and all this kind of stuff. And that's the stuff you got to knock out of your brain because if, if you start letting that creep in, you're never going to get anything. And, and, you know, as much confidence as I have, there, there, you know, I used to sit there and be like, oh, my gosh, that's such and such. How am I, what am I doing here? I'm never going to get this part. And I wouldn't because I already put it in my brain. I'm not going to get it. And, and I think it was literally Band of Brothers that they, uh, they had – uh, the, the final cut, they had like, I think it was like 30 or 40 guys in the room. Uh, and they would match you up with different guys. You'd get, okay, Neil, you go into the room with such and such, and you go into the room with this, you know. And the other such and suches were huge names. And I was like, wow, this is, you know, where, where years before I would have said, oh my gosh, how am I going to get this? I, I My brain switched to, wow, I've gotten to the point where I'm in the room with these guys, you know. I'm going to show them how it's done. And when I get in the room, I'm going to give and it's not, and it wouldn't be so much competition against the other guys. Cause if you, if you, if you're there to compete, then, then, then you've lost, lost it because you're an artist to start with, but I'm going to go in there and I'm going to nail it. And, you know, I hope he nails it with me. I hope we just do something great in there. And, uh, I remember I went into audition with this, this one really well-known actor and, and I could see he wasn't doing great. And I tried everything to make him do better and, and, and to make our scene do better. And I, I think maybe that's why, you know, one of the reasons I got the part, because may, maybe they could see that, it, you know, it's a team sport more than anything. You know, it's not, you know, me when I'm acting. It's us when when we're acting. And when you can do something like that, you'll make great stuff on screen. And when you're not, if you're all about yourself, like if you come to the set every day and go, say, this is exa- these are my choices, These are exa- this is exactly what I'm going to do, and that's how I'm going to stick to it. Well, well, director is certainly going to have his vision too, and the director's vision is what ends up on screen. So you know, come to work prepared, know your lines back and forth, and back and forth, and back and forth. Like when I did uh, Flags of Our Fathers, I had this, uh, you know, it's literally two pages of um, text all about you know how we're going to you know invade the Japanese on the island, and for about six seven weeks beforehand, I would have that speech taped all over the house, everywhere, because I was sure as shit not going to let Clint Eastwood down. And I knew I was going to be in front of a bunch of people. Little did I realize I was going to be on an aircraft carrier <laughs> in, in the middle of an ocean uh, with about you know, a thousand people on the boat and, you know, 700 extras and Clint Eastwood and four cameras at a time. You know, Reve used to like literally wake me up, say it. What? Say it. And I do the speech, you know, oh my you know, God. You know and, and, you know, and then, you know, you know, I just, I would, I would nail it. And then, and then finally they said, okay, you ready to go? Neil? Yeah, I'm ready to go. And they had the four, four cameras way out back. And, 
you're in the middle of the ocean. Everyone's just getting like a little seasick and stuff. I'm like, no, dude, I'm standing strong and I'm going to nail this thing. And the first take, I didn't make a hiccup. It was just crazy. And everyone went nuts. And they said, all right, boys, move the sticks in. And then, you know, they, they did it. I crushed it again and then moved the sticks in, did it again. So we did four takes. And, uh, you know, this is a scene that, you know, because Clint Eastwood, this scene should have taken, you know, at least two days to do. And we finished by, you know, not even lunch. And he goes, all right, boys, turn the boat around. Let's go have lunch. And that was it. And we just, because I was so prepared and I knew I wasn't going to let anybody down because it's a team effort. It's not about me. It's the team. And when you, when you have that kind of thinking in your head, you won't let the team down because there's a whole lot more pressure on yourself, you know, good pressure to, to really succeed. And, and that's, 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 I'm not sure if it's the high that I love of acting, but yeah, that's probably what it is. You know, it's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a fantastic feeling when your team wins at acting, you know, you know, I think probably come from such a sports background that that that's, that's the way that I think. And that's the way that I always think. It's kind of an interesting way to think about auditions too. I was just going to say that. Oh I my love God. That mentality yeah. Because yeah. Like for the, for the actor who's just kind of getting started <clears throat> to be able to go into an audition where you don't really know anybody. And it feels like you're still competing with the other 30 guys in the room that look just like you to think of it as a team thing. And you're, you're teaming up with the cast and director and the director and the director and the producers. And you're like, okay, let's put together the best team. Yeah. You know, Even and if it's I, just for this two and a half minutes that I'm yeah, in this room. Yeah, That's exactly. That's and if I'm not it, I'm not it, but like, I'm going to give it my best effort to show you what I can do and to do what I'm going to bring to the team. Yeah. You know? Like when, when I go into an audition, you know, you know, I, I realize that this is probably the last chance I'll ever have to play this guy. Because, you know, the, the chance of getting the role every single time is pretty slim. Especially when I started out, I was like, all right, I'm probably going to get this part. You know, because, you know, but what I'm going to do today is I'm going to knock out of the ball yard and have as much fun as possible playing this guy because I may never meet this guy again. You know, so I'd go in there so ready to rock and roll and whatever the director wanted to do. Come on, guys, let's play. Let's have some fun here. Let's, 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 let's you know, really make something cool of this. And by doing the, by doing so, people, you know, cast and directors say, wow, this, why isn't this guy really nervous? Why isn't this guy, <laughs> yeah, meanwhile, I, you know, I might be sweating bullets inside, but I'm, I'm, you know, trying to, you know, overcome all the tension by thinking this is, you know, my last chance to play this guy. Let's see who this guy is and let's have some fun. And maybe the director and the cast and directors will have, will have some fun together. And wasn't that a great time and see you guys. And a couple of times I did it. I'm uh, like, great, that was awesome. And I'd walk out of the room. They're like, where are you going? I'm like, well, we did it. We did the scene, right? And it's like, well, wait a second. Who are you? You know, you sit down and I talk to them for a while. And they're like, great. And then, you know, then I'd get the part. You know, you know, it was, <laughs> uh, you know, it was, uh, it's, it's when you make it a team process and really enjoy it and not worry if you're going to get the part or not, not worry about tomorrow or anything, but today's today, you know, carpe diem, then, then you will seize it. And, and you know, whether you get it or not, who cares, you know? have fun playing that guy that day or that girl that day. And, and, uh, that, that's, that's all you're supposed to do. You know, you don't do this for the money. You do this because you love acting. So that's how I go about doing it. That's great. That's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, why, why do you act? Why, why did you choose this career path? Uh, well, I tried UPS. I wasn't very good. at that. <laughs> I, I, was a, I was a shitty plumber. I was a terrible carpenter. Literally. These are all the jobs. I was, you know, but yeah, a great I, baseball player. Yeah, a great yeah. baseball player. Could have yeah, done that. Exactly. <laughs> uh, if I was a really great baseball player, I'd still be playing baseball. But don't you, you know? Don't you worry. <laughs> you know, uh, I was a really good better baseball actor player. than a yeah, baseball yeah, player. I, 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 think, I think I, I made the right choice. I, I think I'm a better <laughs> actor than baseball player. And, and uh, you know, so it, it's it's it, it never really occurred to me why I act. It's just what I've always loved doing. You know, uh, you know, maybe watching movies is when I was a kid. And, 
maybe that helped. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure watching so much TV as a kid in the 70s. I mean, everyone watches so much TV because TV was really like, it was the advent of, you know, the Brady Bunch and all those shows. And everyone sat around the TV in the 70s and watched TV. Not like they don't do it now. Um, but you used to do it together as a family kind of thing, sit around and, you know, you know, at 10 o'clock, beep, you know, TV was off or 11 o'clock at night, TV was off as a kid, you know, and, uh, you know, the, you know, hear the national anthem, it's time to go to bed, you know? <laughs> you know so, um, so, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's just something I, I, I can't really tell you why I'm an actor. It's just, I love doing it. And, I, and there's, there's nothing, I wasn't really good at anything else, you know, to to really be honest, you know, I was, you know, really good at hockey, really good at baseball and really good at stuff, but I was always really good at entertaining people, especially being the youngest of six kids. You know, entertainer, we're going to give you noogies. You know, literally, you know, so. <laughs> really? Yo, dance, totally. Dance. Man, seriously, you sound like my brother Kier. <laughs> you know, you know, say, get up on the table and dance, rookie, you know, and, wow. uh, you know, but, 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 you know, all seriousness, you know, I, I just love making everybody laugh and, and, and entertaining people. And, and I think that's why, you know, I, I was, I was always really good at it. And that's, you know, why I still do it today. That's great. So we, we should probably wrap up. Um, the last thing that we always like to ask uh, the people that we that we have as guests on the show is if you could just pick one nugget of advice or wisdom or recommend one book or something along those lines for actors, what would that one thing be? Confidence is, is, is without question the most important thing. Because um, without confidence, you, you, you know, I've met guys who are phenomenal actors or girls who are phenomenal actors and you know, but you know, when they get on stage, you know, they'll, they'll freeze up a little bit or when they get, you know, on screen, they'll second guess themselves or get, just get worried about stuff. Don't, you can't, you, you, you can't, you just, you know, it's like when you, when you, when you hit a golf ball, when you hit the, when the ball's in the air, it's, it's in the air. You can't do anything about it after that. So when you're about to hit it, you know, concentrate and hit it the best you can. And whatever happens after that is what happens after that. Right. You can't, you know, if you get mad at yourself for hitting it to the woods, well, then you're, you're being silly. Next time, just try to hit it a little straighter. You know, and that's, that's, you know, I think it's the simplicity. Like, you know, I told you, you know, when Reve gave me that beautiful tip, you know, leave your work at work and, and keep things simple. You know, you, you can't get that in a book, you know, and you, you got to learn that by, by making mistakes. And the more mistakes you make, the more times you fail in, in, in auditions or the more times you fail on camera and, and you realize, okay, that didn't work out so good. Let's, let's try this. It's kind of like in life, the more thing, you know, if you just sit at home on your couch all the time and, and not give yourself the opportunity to fail, not just the opportunity to win because, you know, it's the opportunity to fail and, and learning from those failures makes you a winner, you know, so take those hard knocks and, 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 and enjoy them because the more you get, the more Kevlar you have on your chest and, you know, it'll just bounce off after a while. And, you know, that, that's, that's, uh, as an actor, that's probably the best thing. And, uh, and also if, if you're fortunate enough to find someone that, you know, you can, you can spend your life with and love someone and, you know, and learn and, 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 and grow with that's the most important thing because then you've developed a life for yourself, not just worrying so much about reading all the books or looking at all the tapes and looking at all the things you really need to live a life. That's the most important thing. And, uh, you know, I'm blessed beyond belief to have someone that I can, you know, get to spend my life with and learn with and, you know, and and, uh, and and find out more about myself and who I really am, and and then I can put that on screen. Beautiful, that's great. Live What's your that? life. 
Oh, oh yeah, take Rosewood. And, and, and take Rosewood. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when in L.A., take Rosewood. Take Fountain. Take Fountain. Was it yeah. Emily Dietrich? Was it? Who I, was it? I think it was. Was it Uda Hagen? No, Uda Hagen. I forget who it was. It was somebody. Well, Neil, thank you so so much. This is yeah, this has been great. Um, thanks well, for your time and um, anything else for being on the show. Nobody. If there if there is any book to read. If 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 uh, I mean other than Google and IMDb right. and anything, yeah, if, if, if people wanted to find out more about you, yeah, you know, but, but like books, to, you know, you know, I always say, you know, for me, you know, the Bible is, is it was always the book for me because you know there's such lessons in the Bible, um, and and uh, you know, you know that's you know, it sounds corny, but you know it, when you when you read things like that and you, and you or the Fountainhead, the Fountainhead's probably my favorite book of all time because. You know, Anne Ryan really set you know, you know calls men out. You know, obviously for women too, but at the time really calls men out to be men. And you know, Howard Rourke was an artist who wouldn't give in. And uh, Peter Keating was uh, you know a guy who um, you know cheated as an artist and became very famous. And then finally used Howard Rourke to build his buildings. And Howard Rourke says, "I'll build these buildings for you, but don't you dare put my name on it because this is garbage." You know where Howard Rourke could have made a gazillion dollars off of helping Peter Keating making his buildings, uh, but he didn't. And then finally, he you know had his time to come up, and you know it took years to get there of digging ditches and do whatever it took. But he finally had his time, and then he became the most famous architect in the world. You know, so stick to your dreams and, and don't cheat yourself because if you do, you're just cheating yourself. So uh, those two books for me to, to tell you guys to read. That's great. That's great. By tomorrow morning, and I want notes. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! He gave us homework. That's he gave right. us homework to the library. <laughs> uh, great. Well, cool. thank you so much. So, yeah. if people wanted to find out more about you, do you have a website or? Uh, uh, <laughs> no. I mean, IMDb uh, obviously is a yeah, great yeah, resource. Is, yeah, I, I try to do something. Uh, a great, a great. What is it? Two one one me. Uh, Rob DeFranco, a great buddy of mine, uh, built this. Uh, this website, yeah, I'm so stupid at this kind of stuff. <laughs> you know, I, he, right behind me is the Victrola. <laughs> we were laughing about earlier. Two one one me. It's a, a, a site where you can go and, and read all about you know different actors and, and such, and you know, and Twitter and that kind of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I'm never going to Twitter. I'm never going to do these things. That's just not who I am. But and he says, well, just just try, just do something. I haven't really done anything about it yet. So maybe I'll start you know getting on there so people can and, and read up and see what I'm doing. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So Excellent. That's, that's well, we'll put it on our website too. Yeah. Um, so thank you so much. Yeah, uh, and uh, we'll be back in a second. Okay, guys, welcome back. Thanks for listening to part two of Neil McDonough's interview. One of the best ones we've done yet. I mean, we say that every time, but <laughs> but uh, really, what it's really like is. it's like Conan O'Brien when. <laughs> Oh, I, I just got sad Aww. when he when he would do his show. He'd be like, "Tonight we have a good show. I promise. It's not like before. <laughs> it's not like our last show, which was crap. <laughs> this show is actually good. You know, right? Right. Um, I just got sad. I miss Conan. Anyway, um, thank you for listening. I hope you got some some good information. Neil's amazing and such a generous, uh, warm guy. Yeah, I, lo- I love meeting people like that. Like he, after we left his place, I was like walking on air because. People that are that successful and and that kind of warm and generous mm-hmm. just make you make you look at the world a different way. Yeah. I know that sounds dramatic, but I felt great after being around him. Well, how many? I mean, we should go back and count how many times he said the word confidence, yeah, or yeah, confident, or some, or, or you know, some variation of, of that word in in the two 
parts of the interview. We should give a prize to the first listener that comes up with that number. <laughs> I don't know if I want to go back and do that. But it was a well, lot. We ha- we have to if we're going to give out a prize because then we have to have an answer. Oh, you just, you just never mind. Never mind, dude. So uh, so you can tweet your answers at us. Uh, I'm at twitter.com slash digital actor. I'm twitter.com slash Trevor Algot. You can email us at insideactingpodcast at gmail.com. You can leave us a comment on the website, insideactingpodcast.com. You can fan us on Facebook. You can uh, leave us an iTunes review. Uh, and, of course, tell your friends. And last but not least... The voicemail. Oh, sh- <laughs> the voicemail. Leave us a voicemail. One two one three two actors. That's one two one three two 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 eight six seven seven. And uh, we'll make this very last but not least part very quick. The donate button. Don't be afraid to kick us a few bucks. It helps us keep going, and uh, we would mucho appreciate it. Uh, that didn't. Whatever. That was terrible. That came out the way it came out, and I'm just going <laughs> to forget it and move on. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time in episode seventeen. Have a great week. Bye. Bye.